Welcome to the Truth For Today podcast with your host, Joseph Franta, international minister, speaker, and Bible school instructor. Stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to another podcast of Truth For Today uh, with Joseph Franta Ministries. I am Joseph Franta, and uh, <clears throat> it's my pleasure uh, to bring the Word of God to you today. We've been uh, covering a lot of ground in the last two podcasts, so you might want to, uh, you know, pick them up either on YouTube or Podbean or one of these platforms. We've been talking about the grace of God. We've been talking about faith. We've been talking about God's attitude toward us, which is love, no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. We've been talking about Jesus, redemption. We've been talking about prayer. And we've also mentioned how as we pray and ask God for a spirit of wisdom and revelation, as it talks about in Ephesians 1.17, that he will give us the knowledge of him. And we will grow in our, we'll grow in grace and we'll grow in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of him. This is where you want your life to be at, child of God. You want to be growing all the time. I know in business, uh, people want their employees to be growing. They want them to be achieving. They want them to be reaching further, higher. Well, God wants us to grow in the knowledge of him so that we can do all those other things that he has called us to do. And we're talking today about this prayer in Ephesians 1, and we went over it a little bit. And I want to go over to Ephesians 3 now, to another prayer of Paul. These are prayers we can pray every day that will really help us in our walk with God, in our relationship with Jesus Christ. So, in Ephesians 3.14, Paul is praying in a real humble way. (coughs) Excuse me. Humility is so important with God. Because God wants us to walk in humility, which is, humility is not what a lot of people think. A lot of times that has a religious connotation. It means that, you know, you become a doormat and let everybody else walk over you. And now that's not humility. That's not Bible humility. Humility is simply dependence on God, reliance on God. 
That's true humility. When you know you can't work it out yourself, you can't achieve it, but you know who can, you know that God can do it for you, even though you know that you're not capable of doing it in yourself. That's humility. And true humility is always mixed with faith. You know, faith is never down and out. Faith is never forlorn or feeling forsaken. Jesus said, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Wow, that's good news. God is my helper. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Hebrews 13. You know, God has so supplied us with all the tools, equipped us with spiritual tools, spiritual weapons, whatever, however you want to term it, to where we can accomplish all that he has called us to do in this life. And really, the life of a Christian is designed to be an extraordinary life. Really a supernatural life. I've seen God do unimaginable things in my life. I've also been so blessed to see him do unimaginable things in a lot of people's lives. And you just wonder, well, how did that happen? I guess that's why they call it a sign and a wonder. It leaves you wondering, how on earth did that happen? Well, remember when Moses uh, was leaving Egypt? There's a, a little key in a verse in Hebrews 11 that will help you to understand wonders, signs and wonders. And by the way, God wants to do signs and wonders in your life. It's really his will to do miracles and signs and wonders in your life. They may not always be some sensational, spectacular, you know, event like parting the Red Sea or Joshua commanding the sun to stand still for a day. But nonetheless, they're a sign and a wonder. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's a great chapter. You ought to read it often. It's about the heroes of faith. That's all this chapter is all about, the heroes of faith and how they accomplished what they did by trusting and leaning and depending on God alone. It says about Moses, verse 24, I'll pick it up in verse 24 of Hebrews 11. By faith, Moses. By the way, almost every other verse in this chapter says, it starts off, by faith. By faith. By faith. 
Noah. By faith, Abraham. By faith, David. Now it's by faith, Moses. So we see here that God has called us to live by faith, and he honors faith. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, that time in his life that God had revealed to him that there was a divine call upon him. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Very interesting. He had a very high uh, place in the Egyptian family of Pharaoh. He was Pharaoh's daughter. Uh, history says that he was responsible for a great building projects that he was assigned in charge of and so forth, but I'm not, I don't want to focus on that. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, old enough to know, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Did he, it wasn't that he was rejecting his mother that took care of him. His real mother put him in a basket. It's actually, it was his sister, but they put him in a basket and floated him down the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter found him and took him in as her own. And the Bible says he was a beautiful child. But anyways, as he got older, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He did not want that identity. He knew by divine revelation that, that he had another identity on the inside of him. And by the way, you choose your identity in life. People say, well, you know, this is just my lot in life. No, it's not. You've chosen it. People say, well, I've, you know, I'm just, you know, I, I came from this and that. and No, you've chosen to think limitations about your life. God wants to take the lid off of your life. Take all the limitations off your life and give you a new identity, a child of the king, royalty, a child of God, an overcomer, a victor, one who triumphs in every situation. That's the identity God is offering you. I think I, I was reading someplace recently where God offers faith. This was in the Bible. It was a footnote in the Bible I was reading. That God offers all men faith. He offers them the gift of faith. Not everybody receives it. The Bible says, for by grace you are saved through faith. And not and that not of yourselves, for it is a gift of God. Least no man can boast. 
God gives us grace as a gift. And really, according to that verse, the faith that has been instilled in us, the faith that has been planted in us is a gift from God so that no one can boast. So anyways, back to Moses here. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. I'm sure he loved her. She cared for him many years, provided him many wonderful opportunities, but he didn't want to identify with Egypt. Verse 25, once he knew he was called by God to be a deliverer of God's people out of Egypt, it says in verse 25 here, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. Or another translation says, rather than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. He, he could have had it all in Egypt. I mean, you know, he was Pharaoh's daughter. He could have indulged himself in every pleasure, you know, that was available, but he chose not to. Just like Joseph. When Joseph was shipped off to Egypt by his brothers, and uh, he was sold as a slave, and it was bought by Potiphar, a high Egyptian official. And when Potiphar's wife came calling on Joseph, he refused to participate in any wrongdoing or sin. It says he fled from Potiphar's wife and then she lied about him and he ended up in prison but he never let go of his dream and eventually he went from prison to second in command of Egypt the greatest empire in the world at that time. Now Moses started out in the penthouse, so to speak. He started out in Pharaoh's house. But when he got the revelation from God of his calling, he chose his destiny. His destiny didn't choose him, he chose his destiny. So no matter where you are or where you start in life, that's only where you started. It's where you end up that counts. And you and I, we choose where we end up. God's given us a free will and it's a powerful, powerful gift from God. You can choose to overcome your past, your weaknesses, even your reputation if it's not good. You can choose. And you know what? 
God will just dive in to your choices and make them come to pass if you choose in line with his word and his will. Now, verse 25, again, Hebrews 11, choosing, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Both, both things have a payday. When you choose to believe God, you will be rewarded and there will be a payday. And when you choose the passing pleasures of sin, there will also be a, pay, a payday because the wages of sin is death. Spiritual separation from God. So you don't want that. That's not really who you are in God. That's not really where God wants you to be. He wants to take you to a glorious place of purpose and victory and achievement in your life so that at the end of your life you can be like the Apostle Paul. He said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is laid up for me, laid up for me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord will award to me on that day. In other words, when I see him. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. It's your choice how you end up. It's your choice what thoughts you entertain, what actions you commit to. God is a God of turnaround. Transformation is his nature. And when he comes to live on the inside of you, when you invite Jesus into your life, the Spirit who transforms the Holy Spirit comes to live in you and transforms your entire life. Your thinking, your mind, your, your goals, your direction, <clears throat> everything is better, better and more better. We have a better covenant with Jesus than anything this world could offer us. Well, I gotta get back to this. Choosing, this is talking about Moses, Hebrews eleven twenty five. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin for a season. May seem, you know, things may seem, oh, this is okay, you know. But you know what? It's destroying you when you 
when you live in sin. It's destroying you and corrupting your life and destroying what God wants to do with you. Now God wants to redeem you out of that sin and give you the turnaround. Let him do it today. I pray right now. Anyone listen to this message? Father, there's people out there, they don't even want to live in the sin that they're living in. And Father, I pray that you'd reach down with your grace and your divine mercy and reach into their lives with your powerful hand. Pull them out of the pit. Pull them out of the hole which they've dug for themselves and put them on a place of glory and grace. Put them on the mountain of victory. Bring them out of the valley. The valley of depression and discouragement and bring them up on the mountaintop with you, Lord, so they can live in your presence, your peace, and your glory. I ask it right now, in Jesus' name, take the opportunity, choose today life over death, blessing over cursing, obedience over sin and rebellion. It's not difficult. Once you make the choice, God's grace will meet you the moment you make the choice to come out of darkness He'll meet you with his marvelous light and glory and grace and bring you into a whole new life. In Jesus' name, amen. You know what? I know from experience he's well able. Now verse 26, this is Moses esteeming or counting the reproach of Christ or the persecution of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward, or he had respect for the reward. He knew, Moses knew, that there were rewards serving God and walking with God. Oh, there's so many rewards. And they're all good. You know, people say, well, you know, God put something on me to teach me uh, something. No, no, he hasn't. The devil puts stuff on you to destroy you. God never put cancer on anyone or blindness or diabetes or poverty. No, God's the God of glory. Jesus is the great physician. God is good all the time. But Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly to the full till it overflows. Overflowing life. Overflowing prosperity, 
joy, happiness, peace like a river, attending your soul. I know you're looking for it today. Maybe you're saying, where is it? It's in the name of Jesus. The Bible says, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved, or the Greek, delivered. From whatever it is you need deliverance from, whatever addiction, whatever debt, whatever unclean thing that it's a, that has attached itself to your life, you can be free today by calling on the name of Jesus. He can turn your mourning into dancing, your grieving into joy, your poverty into riches or wealth. He says, try me now, or test me now, or prove me now in this, says the Lord. He's talking about obeying him in the area of giving. He says, okay, prove me now in this. Give me your tithe. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing for you that you cannot contain, and I will rebuke the devourer, for your sake, wow, it's all true. People say, oh, you don't have to do that. Well, you don't have to. It's your choice. But you get to. You get to read the Bible. You don't have to, but you get to. You get to worship God. You don't have to, but you get to. You don't have to tithe or give God's offer. Or give, or give God offerings, but you get to. You get to walk in love. You get to forgive your enemies. You get to pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you. You get to. You get to live above all of life's challenges, There was a farmer I once knew in South Carolina. I loved him dearly. It's a big peach farmer over there around the Augusta area. And my wife and I used to go and minister for him. He had a group in his home. These were in the early days of our ministry. Actually, we ministered in a church that he went to as well. But I remember he used to say something all the time. He would say, it's a good day to be saved. He'd say it almost every day. Oh, it's a good day to be saved. Oh, it's a good day to be saved. Well, I called him Mr. Pete. He had hands. One of his hands were the size of two of mine put together. Mr. Pete. He was a blessing to everyone around him. He was a, he was a, prosperous man, but you know what? He was a loving man. And he gave God all the glory 
And I'll never forget that. It's a good day to be saved. I think about it very often. He's passed on now to be with the Lord in glory. But I think about him every day, and I think about those words that pass through his lips. It's a good day to be saved. Well, friend, it's a good day to be saved. We're living in a day of darkness and, you know, so many challenges. But it says about Jesus that he redeems us from the curse. And it says, for he delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins. So Moses, I gotta finish this. By faith, Moses forsook Egypt not fearing the wrath of the king of Pharaoh, for he endured, now here's the secret of signs and wonders, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen or invisible. In other words, he kept his eyes on God who cannot be seen. He's invisible. None, nonetheless, he's real and he's there. And he kept his eyes on God and because he did, God was able to use him to deliver over two million people out of bondage and slavery in Egypt and bring them through the parting of the Red Sea. Listen, thank you very much for being with us again today. It's surely my honor to share with you what God has put in me. God loves you more than you will ever know. Jesus died for you. Until next time, have a great day. In Jesus' name. <laughs>